today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Is it time that uh, Veterans City Councils here in Hamilton stepped down? An uh, op-ed in the Hamilton Spectator today says that with the continuous scandals, particularly Sewergate, as we have come to call this, it's time for that to happen. Margaret Trimba is a freelance writer. Uh, she wrote the piece that's in the spec today, and she joins us here in studio to talk about this. Thanks for coming in today. Good to see you. Thanks, Bill, for having me. You are uh, one of many, many people I've talked to over the last couple of weeks that are uh, frustrated. I guess there's a whole bunch of adjectives we could use by this, uh, by the action or maybe even, I guess, more appropriately, the inaction of members of council to do with this. Absolutely. It's amazing how many people have uh, come up to me, written to me. The conversations in the supermarkets, uh, in the workplaces that I've heard, I haven't heard one person defend council. Not one. In all of the voices that I've heard, um, and I've been writing for a number of years for the paper, and uh, my columns usually draw some kind of response, maybe one or two, but the this, the response, even at this point in time, has been overwhelming from the people of Hamilton, saying, you said what I think. Well, and we've seen that. Uh, I still remember the piece of, well, action speak, the, the you know, picture is a thousand words. The, uh, the op-ed piece of The Spectator one day, it was just full of letters uh, to the editor. Uh, our, my inbox is inundated. It still is. Uh, you know, some days, weeks now after... Uh, this story broke. People are still outraged by this. And uh, if there were people that were involved in this that think, well, you know, in the passage of time, this is just going to fade and people are going to forget like they do almost everything else things. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I don't think it is either. And um, of course, we face the challenge of the Christmas season coming yeah. up, you know, and, and as I said in my column, I'm exhausted. Okay, it's been a couple of weeks, and the outrage that I feel every day still at the fact that nothing is being done um, exhausts me. And, uh, you know, for my own self-care and for our all, all of our own self-care, we have to make sure that we don't, you know, overblow, like burn out over this issue. You, you've read about this. You've studied this. You've talked to a lot of people that are involved in this. Uh, do that, in, in your opinion, does council not even get what people are outraged by this? I, I don't know if they don't get it or if they're so caught up in the fact that they think they did what is right that they can't let them see themselves get it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's some kind of face they need to save because they've got the support of legal. Um, public health came out and said that they didn't, nobody was at, put at risk. Um, so they don't feel as though they've got any, I believe they don't feel as though they've got uh, anything to be sorry for. The fact that we're all outraged about it um, they are not understanding or they refuse to understand because it will interfere with how they see themselves. I'm thinking this is where it's going because I don't understand how they could, in the face of overwhelming condemnation, continue on as business as usual and not think that people are demanding change, demanding it. Something has to happen. There are a couple of different perspectives, as I've talked to some of the people on council about this uh, in the days and weeks after the story broke. And it's not that the leak happened. I mean, that's bad enough. That's bad enough. And yeah. and the fact that there had been some signs that something was wrong, and they just kept going back and say, yeah, what the computer says, uh, there should have been a follow-up on that. But And I'm, we're going to get into that in a few minutes. It's that council withheld information from the public, and that's what they don't seem to get. 
Absolutely. The, the, that's that's where the outrage is coming from right now, especially in light of the fact that we found out about a Red Hill report. Uh, the, it, what else are they not telling us? Well, this is exactly where it leads to, right? It leads to a, a, a culture in the community that says, well, co- we, we can't trust counsel. We can't trust them to tell us the truth. We can't trust them to keep our best interests close to their hearts because that's not what they're doing. They're keeping the the corporate interests of the city is what they believe is their best interests instead of the health and safety of the people of the community that they're supposed to be serving. Now, I went down there one day in the past four years. I don't even know what day it was because I live close to Coots Paradise. Mm-hmm. And I went down by the York Street Bridge there, and uh, I was overwhelmed by what I saw in the little side canal. Floating feces on the water, the smell was overwhelming. Now, I, I do agree with Mayor Eisenberger when he says that that environment has never been pristine. It never has been. We've abused it terribly over the time that we've lived here in this space. But I did put it to this trust that I knew what they were doing that something happened, that I understood it to be an overflow issue. But I believe that somebody somewhere was paying attention to these things, and they had it under control, and they knew what was going on. Well, that's clearly not the case. Um, And if that's the case with this, what else am, am I looking around the city looking at going, what is this? What is this? You know, we should be more vigilant now. That's what it's telling me, is that we need to be more vigilant about what our counselors are telling us. A couple of things, and I want to go back into the administrative side for just a second, uh, because they say, you know, their, their their explanation, I don't think it's an excuse, but their explanation is that, well, you know, our, our computer stuff said that that gate was closed, even though it apparently it was open. But there were complaints even after that, and people with visuals and, of course, the odor, uh, and they didn't follow up on it. They simply said, well, our, our reporting says, no, there's nothing wrong here. I mean, why didn't somebody actually have eyes on that thing and walk up there and say, is it closed or not? Because there's something going on here. Well, that brings into the other part of it, which is part of the MOE investigation, right? And yeah. the, it's part of the, the malfunction of the gate itself. But the fact that we don't have annual inspections on these things throughout the city, all of these little things that are working, supposed to be working in our computer systems, that's out, that's to me is poor management, absolutely poor management, and like w- this reliance that we have on technology, um, um, uh, well, I, 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 it does leave me a little flabbergasted to think that four years could go by and not nobody check to make sure that the computer system is working, that the backups are in place, that um, that everything is working like it's supposed to, that something hasn't malfunctioned somewhere. It either shows a, a lack of, um, I don't know what it is. I was going to say professionalism, but that's not it because it does speak to the way in which you should be running the department. Mark, four years. Four years. Not not like, oh, something happened this past summer, but we caught it when we did our inspection. Four years. And, and people brought it to their attention, and they still didn't do it. Now, again, that's part of the MOE investigation. But it does smack of this kind of paternalistic view of us at, from City Hall that s- staff and councillors um, think we need to be taken care of, maybe um, information ha- kept from us because we can't handle it, um, or that it might somehow blow back in their faces. The distrust, um, the lack of well, the lack of trust, I can't keep thinking of another word, it's trust, 
uh, it's lost. There's, the trust and, and is listen, gone. There's, there's no no harm at all in going back to that lack of trust because I think that's the the crux of the oh, issue here. Yeah. If if elected officials at any level of government have lost the trust of the people that put them there, we got a problem. Absolutely, and we're only at the beginning of four years. You know, a long this, way to the next election. That we got to put up with this this for four years, you know, and, and some of the things I've been thinking, like, what can we do? Like, Dreschel's column in The Spectator the other day spoke to the limitations that we have in terms of our uh, recourse. Um, we are pretty much hamstrung. We can hope that the ombudsman comes through and creates something, or, um, um, undertakes a report. Um, but it really, I think it behooves us, the people, to convey to our councillors and our mayor that they have lost our trust and we, we, they have lost their moral authority to govern us. Um, and I was thinking about how it used to be in the old days that shunning was the practice where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, somebody would walk into a room and you would turn their back on them mm-hmm. or um, you would disinvite them from – this is a perfect opportunity to disinvite councillors and the mayor from any festivities over the holidays. Get them, get them to see that we're angry. People are angry. And they're not helping the situation by saying we did what we were supposed to do. That's not good enough. You know what they were supposed to do? was think about our best interests, um, our health and safety, our reputation as a city. People are looking at us all over Canada. We've got the attention of, I would say internationally. For all the wrong reasons right now. For all the wrong reasons. And, And for reasons that only go to reinforce preconceived and stereotypical ideas of Hamilton as, you know, the armpit of Canada. Well, we're not the armpit anymore. Now we're the I don't know if I can say it on the radio. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I, men- I mentioned this on the show yesterday. We were at a, a function in, in Toronto on Saturday night. It was great friends, and we had a great blast. But the topic of conversation, as soon as they found out th- that I was from Hamilton, uh, was about uh, the confrontations at City Hall with right. the, the Yellow Vesters and this. Mm-hmm. And and I know they they were sort of doing it tongue in cheek, but I mean, if that that's what's front of mind for an awful lot of people because you know if you don't live here. The only time you think about it, if you live in Toronto or Oshawa or Vancouver or any place else, is when it makes news, and all of a sudden it's making news for all the wrong reasons. And you get labeled that way. And, and for a city that's trying to get back and, and try to attract even more investment into this community, uh, we, can't, we can't do this. We can't let this uh, identify it. This can't be how we define ourselves with these two things. No, it can't. And, and you bring up a really important issue, is it, with, which is you know what's happening in the forefront of for, – sorry – forecourt of City Hall with the yellow vests and the protests. And then, you know, even further back than that with the pride debacle and what happened there, you know, maybe one of these things might have been okay, but this is the third thing. And honestly, I'm just scratching my head at the absence of the mayor in any of these really major confrontations to city identity. You know, it's almost as though he's totally skating through this term that his um, ele- that being elected on the platform of the LRT was the only thing that is on his mind, and that's the only thing that he wants to see done. And everything else can just—I don't know wh- what—but you know, I'm I'm really really disappointed, and I'm and I'm only re- reflecting the words that I'm hearing from people all over the city. We are disappointed, at the least. 
I wanted to say when I first heard this story that, boy, anybody that got elected in this last election, including the veterans, probably in their wildest dreams didn't have any idea that they'd have to be dealing with issues like this, like the, like the Pride debacle at Gage Park, like this, uh, and, of course, with Sewage Gate. But then now that we get more information, well, two things about that. First of all, it doesn't really matter what you expected of this job. Once it's on your table, you got to deal with it. That's That's the job. You may not like it, and you may be thinking, hey, this is way over my pay grade. It's not. That's Careful what you're supposed what you to do. Careful what you wish for. Exactly. And then we find out, in hindsight, they even knew about this before the last election. That that's They've been sitting on this for a long, long time. That's inexcusable, and that's where I think we could actually – and I don't know what the legal um, uh, options are for us in terms of dissolving counsel and how you would do that and whether or not – um, we could make the argument that they've completely lost the faith of and the trust of the cities, the, the community, and and maybe that's something that we could do. I don't know that we could go that route. I would rather see any money that we've got going towards a new council than a review of what happened. Well, and as Andrew explained, and I, I, I know a little bit about the Municipal Act having been there, uh, there is no recall here like there is no. in some other jurisdictions. You can't do that. Uh, there's been no proof of any criminal activity right now. So, I mean, technically, technically, the Premier could step in today and say Hamilton Council is dissolved. They, they, the provincial government has that power with any municipality at any time, and they really don't even know that we exist at the behest of the provincial government. Right. Uh, but I don't see Ford getting involved in this in any way, shape, or form either. I mean, he's already wagged his finger at, at this council, but I don't think it's going to go any farther than that. So there, you're right. There's the idea of throw the bums out is really not going to happen, and I don't see anybody stepping up and saying, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to resign." Well, I'd like to know, you know, how many people are contacting the councillors and the mayor with resign letters, because I'm sure that you know their inboxes are full of angry people telling them that they need to resign and why they're not listening and why they're not in some way showing more contrition over what happened. Um, it's, uh, I'm totally flabbergasted at their reluctance. I mean, when I think of the things that people have resigned over, uh, you know, they, they kind of pale in comparison to this. And, and, and okay, nobody died. Nobody got sick. But there was, don't tell me there wasn't damage to the ecosystem. But that's a knock on wood issue, right? Yeah. Like, it, we're really lucky no well, one Well, it wasn't died. as bad as Walkerton. Well, that, doesn't, and that, that doesn't excuse it. And we can't keep Walkerton far from our minds when we're thinking about our water, the safety of our water. We live in an unbelievably beautiful environment with the escarpment and the lake and Coots Paradise and the harbor. And we have just, you know dumped our feces all over it for years. We don't appreciate it. And um, all the efforts, I mean, my heart breaks for all the people who have spent countless hours in Coots Paradise trying to remediate that environment, only to have this happen. I mean, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And then the, and then the city councillors not having enough empathy, empathy, to connect with the people on this. I think that's probably what's missing because they're not connecting with us. They've been in council for so long, the seasoned ones, that they forget what it's like to to be on this side. They're in their boys' girls' club where they all talk the same language and have the same expectations of each other. Term after term after term, they become solidified in these roles. They think that they're impervious to criticism and they've got the widespread mandate of the, the 
community when really it's only because they got the job last year that the people voted for them again this year, not because of any necessary fact that they did a good job. Uh, That's our problem is we need term limits to council so that we have a change every every eight years at least in in a ward that we've got new blood, fresh eyes, and the opportunity for... Um, like, it doesn't surprise me that it's the, th- the three new councillors that came forward and said, you can't do this. You know, you've lost, they've lost sense of what they can do. They think that they can do more than they should be. The uh, piece is uh, entitled Sewage Gate, Veteran Hamilton Councillors, Your Time is Passed. Uh, Margaret Scrimba, as always, thanks for coming in. It's great to hear you. Thank you so much, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.